What's up guys, thank you for joining me. My name is Dr. Tom LeHue and welcome to my channel. We're gonna be talking about Enneagram Type 4. We're gonna be looking at uh, Beatrice Chestnut's book, The Enneagram Guide to Waking Up. Such a great book, I wish I wrote, would have wrote it myself. Okay, so if you're new to my channel, in the description below is a link to my website, tomlehue.com, where you can book Enneagram coaching appointments for yourself, relationship Enneagram appointments for your marriage. Um, also, there is information about the classes that I offer, certificate programs and Enneagram coaching. And, uh, and also, I have an events page now where you can uh, bring me out to your team to talk to your team about the Enneagram so that they can better know themselves, be more productive, get along better. Uh, the more we understand about ourselves, hopefully it will move toward greater levels of productivity and uh, being able to relate to each other better. We can do that live or we can do it by Zoom. Uh, so I'd love to meet your team and work with your people. So let's get started today uh, with Enneagram Type 4. And uh, we want to continue our discussion looking at uh, what she calls the... Uh, key patterns of this type and we just want to interact with it. Um, maybe you agree with what we're looking at, maybe you don't agree with her assessment, but we want to just talk about it and interact with it because it challenges us all. Okay, So one of the things she says about fours is they tend to live dominantly in their inner world, uh, living mostly in their inner world. When you hear that, does that ring true to you? Does that does that ring true with your childhood? Were you one of those kids that you know went off to your room and opened up your books and lost yourself in novels? I always think about fours reading Twilight, uh, and you're probably saying, uh, "I hate you, Tom. I don't like Twilight. Uh, you you're way off on us as fours." Okay, realize I'm not a four. I just have like these assumptions and perceptions. But were you one of those kids that went off by yourself and lost yourself in these stories? Stories, these idealistic fantasies of the way things could be. And I think that's kind of what she's getting at is fours, you guys like sevens and ones are idealists. You are part of what's called the frustration types, meaning that we tend to think things could be better than they are. Things should be better than they are. Ones, sevens, and fours, we all have this in common. And so with fours, the idea, the assumption is, is they kind of like get stuck in their own inner world with the story they're telling themselves about life. And sometimes that could keep you from actually engaging objectively with life as it is around you. So let's let's interact with with what she says and see if this fits you and or fits the younger you. Let's see what you think about this. Not if you tend to focus overly on what's happening inside of you. Uh, focusing on your own inner emotions, your feelings, and trying to understand what those feelings mean, what it's communicating, and trying to understand all of that that's going on within you. Your thoughts, your fantasies, your feelings, your emotions, and then like withdrawing and trying to sort those out and discern those things, and I've got to be true to those. But what if those inner feelings, what if it is true information, but what if it's not accurate information? Or what if it's not the only information that you should be evaluating? That's the idea. Like, can you also remain objective? Would you know if you were being objective? Would you know if you were basing your decision on something subjective or whether you were basing your decision on something objective? Are you able to discern the difference between those things? Okay, uh, this causes you to develop a biased perception of who you are. And of course, you know, most of us think of fours as that being very important to you, knowing who I am. Realize there's other types out there that don't give a lot of thought at all about who am I? Like, 
I'm overly focused on other things. Like, what are we doing today? Could we do something fun? Or is everybody getting along? Or how can I help this other person? How can I show up to meet their needs? Wait a minute, or what just needs to be done today? And not really sitting around much at all thinking about what's going on on the inside. And I'm not saying we're right and you're wrong. I'm just saying, notice that like other types don't give a lot of thought to these things. And I just think you should know that. Okay, all right, so it says, this causes you to develop a biased perception of who you are. In other words, it may not be actually true, but it is what you think about yourself. So it's your perception of yourself, and of course that is true to you, but it may not at all be the way other people are, are interacting with you, like what their perceptions of you are like. Okay, so despite the fact that you may think you are being objective about your limitations, much of the time you may resist taking in positive feedback from other people. Is that true for you? You're great. He doesn't know me. I think you did a super job on your presentation today. Why is he saying that? What does he mean uh, today? Um, why does he care so much? Notice that you might have a tendency that when other people are trying to say something good about you, that you move away from those comments. Even if it's just in that sense of like, who is this person and why do they think they have the right to tell me this about me? Why do they think their voice matters to me? They don't know me. Um, they, they think I'm just this employee that works here, that I'm just this, you know, administrative professional. I'm so much more than that. And yet they're putting me in this box. And of course, we're thinking, I was just trying to tell you you did a good job. I'll never make that mistake again. I'll just kind of avoid you from now on and withdraw away from you. I was just trying to say something nice. Hey, I love your outfit. Where did you get that? Did you get that at Kohl's? What? You think I shop at Kohl's? Vulgarian? You think I'm some kind of pedestrian out there on the streets that just shops at Kohl's? I know, I'm being a little bit dramatic. Okay, sorry. Okay, so they may resist the positive feedback that others, uh, and certain that you are right in your own self-assessment of yourself. They don't know me. They think they know me, but they don't know me. They don't know the real me. Does anybody know the real you? Hmm. How do you make yourself known to others? Do you ever come up from the basement of life to interact on the showroom floor with the rest of us? Because we'd love to get to know you. Can we get to know you and in a way that feels a little bit more comfortable to us? I mean, we're not saying you can't be true to yourself. We're not saying you can't have your own opinions. We're not saying that you can't be authentic and an individual and special and unique, but we just want to relate to you in a way that's a little more comfortable and easy for us. After all, remember one of your goals there is that you want to have pleasant interactions with people and you want to have a community around you that supports you and understands you and cares about you. And maybe we're trying, but every interaction we have with you leaves us more and more confused. Is that the kind of stuff you heard growing up? Is that the kind of stuff that might be going on around you? Are other people just ridiculous? Are other people just all bad? Are other people just, you know, uninformed and unintelligent? Poor people uninformed? Um, maybe. It might be all us. It really could be. But, you know, the whole point of 
growing is for you to challenge yourself and say, do I do this? And realize at the end of the day, I mean, I'm not the one that wrote this book, right? So there's other people that are saying these kinds of things. I'm just reading it. Okay, let's see what she says. Uh, you may resist taking in positive feedback. So people try to compliment you and notice, are you able to accept that? Are you able to just hear their positive words and be grateful, have gratitude and say, wow, thank you for that. I really appreciate you taking the time to say that. Are you able to do that? Or what goes on in your mind when somebody says, wow, you did a great job. Or, or wow, you're, that, that thing you read, that was super. That was so good. That was fantastic. Can you just live in that moment for a minute? If somebody shines the light back on you and says, wow, we see you and you're amazing and you did a fantastic job. You sang a song and it was beautiful. It sounded fantastic. Can you just sit there for a second and just enjoy that moment? Or what does your mind do in that moment? Does your mind allow you to just say, wow, I'm getting positive feedback and that feels fantastic. It feels great to have people supporting me and loving me. Are you able to just enjoy that? Or what does your mind do? Does your mind immediately move away from that and protect yourself away from, you know, um, those good feelings? Because what if I start to experience all those good feelings and then they stop? Oh, that would be so painful and so hurtful that I probably should just push back on this now. And then of course, like, what does that give you? What does that do to your relationships? How does that, what does that do to the way people interact with you and perceive you? If people try to tell you, you did a great job and we love you and we're here for you and we support you and we think you're fantastic and we think you're great. And then if that causes you to like respond in a negative way and move away from us, you know, there's going to be a point where people just like, okay, I'm done trying. I'm done trying. And is that really what you want? I don't think it is. I can't imagine, not from the fours I've talked to, that isn't what they want. Okay, what else does she say? Um, being very confident that you're the one that's right in your self-assessment and they're not right because they're on the outside and they're, they're judging you objectively and you're judging you from the inside. So only you know you, okay? But you may not have any idea how other people are perceiving you. Um, so that may be a blind spot for you or the value of how other people are perceiving you. Because at the end of the day, when, when you feel like other people are re responding to you negatively, maybe you don't get that promotion or you don't get that raise or you don't get that invitation, think how much that hurts. And it only confirms your dark suspicions that you don't fit in and you're not a part of the group and you don't belong and aha, aha. But you may not realize that you could be, key word for a four, sabotaging yourself from ever accomplishing your own goals, sabotaging your own relationships. You want desperately to be loved and cared about and to be connected to somebody, but how do you at times sabotage that from happening in your own life? How do you sabotage your own work relationships or sabotage your own productivity or sabotage your ability to connect with other people and to relate to people that are trying to get along with you and trying to love you. Just something for you to think about. Okay. I know I get kind of preachy and I don't mean to, and I know fours probably don't appreciate that preachy tone. So I apologize. Let's get back to the 
to the text here. All right, so um, by living inside yourself so much, think about that. Living inside yourself. Do you do that? First of all, do you think you do that? Would other people that have known you say you do that? Oh my goodness, she just never gets outside of her own head. She never gets outside of her own emotions. She never hears what we're trying to say to her. Do you live inside your own head? And if you do, what does that look like for you? How does that impact the, your way of relating to the world and relating to others? By never getting outside of their, or by living inside yourself so much, you prevent yourself from taking in the reality outside of you and being present to what is actually happening. So what does it cost you? I think that's what she's saying is you don't realize that maybe this is costing you a lot by living in your own head, by feeling like everybody here at this birthday party, they're only here because mom invited them. And so look, that's a thought you have about how you're being perceived, how the environment around you is. And then notice that thought. Any one of us, if we lived with that thought, it might move us away from the party. And then we leave the very party that's being thrown for us. Um, but notice everybody else who's looking at this from outside of your mind, from outside of your heart, from outside of your emotions, could be scratching their head very confused as what just happened here? What did we do wrong? And they might just get the perception that this person is difficult to, to relate to, uh, which is going to sabotage probably a lot of things in your life that you really want. Okay, so hard to be present to the way things actually are. And remember, you have a five wing, right? Fives are tend to be very objective people. Obviously, they live in their own inner world too, but it's much more mental than, than the tendency of fours. So fives tend to focus their attention on the objective facts at sometimes the risk of losing their own opinions about things. So focused on the facts and the way things actually are and you know keeping everything, all the data correct and making their decisions on the objective data that sometimes they could lose sight of, what do I really think? Like what's my opinion? What do I really care about? Or what's important about this to me? So a little bit of that five objective way of looking at things could really help. And that line to one of like, how do I need to just show up here in order to just get done what needs to get done today? Notice you have that line to one, you have that five wing that both kind of want to pull you back into the present and say, let's look at things as they actually are. I know you're feeling a lot right now. I know there's a lot of emotions. There's a lot of inner voices going on, but let's try to look at things as they are. And like that three wing, come back up to the surface, you know, come back to where it's shallow. Ooh, I know, but think of threes. Don't you think shallow and superficial, right? So let's come up to that shallow superficial line here where all the people that we love and care about dwell. And let's think about how we're interacting and relating to them. And like that one question of like, what do you need to do right now? Is this really what you need to be doing right now? Are you showing up in a way that is right and is, uh, you know, okay. And of course you have that line to two as well. And you'll say, yeah, but that's my line of disintegration. Okay, I get that. But think of that too as warning you, okay? Like you're gonna end up here if you don't care about some of the things I care about. So be nice, be nice. 
Be thoughtful. Give people the benefit of the doubt. Try to show up in a way that thinks about others and what's going on in their life. You're so stuck in your own head. Look where you can't focus on others and on what they what they uh, are intending. Okay. Let's see. Let's keep going. So, present with actually what's happening. You will need to observe yourself to see if you actually live a life based on false impressions about yourself. Like what kind of false impressions about myself? Well, you might have an impression about yourself from some experience in the past that um, relationships just don't work for me. Relationships just don't work for me. Now, if you believe that impression, if you believe that, if you perceive that to be true, that relations just don't work for me, how does that affect how you relate to others in the future? I think it would. Um, I think it would have a profound effect on how you relate to others in the future. Um, or you might have the perception about yourself that I just don't fit in. Everywhere I go, everywhere I've been in life, no matter what town I've lived in, I just don't fit in. I just don't, I don't find my place at the table. Um, or, or I just can't, uh, I can't live, uh, I can't join some organiza organization or some company or some church or whatever it is if I can't agree with completely the mission or the, or the, uh, uh, the vision of that company or of that church or whatever it is. Notice that perception is going to then guide so much of your way of relating to the world and it might move you away from things that you really want. It could. Okay, let's see what she says. Um, live a life based on false impressions about yourself or assumptions about yourself in a way that holds you back. She says holds you back. I would say sabotages. It sabotages your own life sometimes and keeps you away from the things you want in life could hinder your progress going forward in life. It will be important to consider that when you focus so much on your inner feelings and on the stories about yourself, notice it's, we all live a story, right? But the story we're living isn't necessarily the story we're telling ourselves. So what story are you telling yourself? Is the story you're telling yourself about yourself, is that the real story? Is that the objective story? Is that the story other people is that the way other people perceive it? And how would you know if it's time for a new story? Maybe it's time for a new story today. Maybe it's time for you to start a new story or a new chapter to this story. Maybe part of your story has been so influenced by your foreness that it's hard for you to tell what is true and what is just your perceptions of the truth. Okay. Um, you block yourself from acknowledging the possibility of being more fulfilled by being in touch with the good things in life as they actually are. So you might block yourself from, uh, my dog just came in. I should show you my dog, but I can't pick her up. She's a husky, blue eyed husky, beautiful dog. All right. So she can push the door in anytime she wants. And so she just decided to come in. All right. So let's see. Um, let me read this again. It will be important for you to consider that when you focus so much on your inner feelings and the stories that you tell yourself about yourself, that you may block yourself from acknowledging the possibility of being more fulfilled by being in touch with the good things as they actually are. For example, maybe your family is trying to love you. They're not maybe loving you in the way you want, 
but maybe they are trying to love you. Maybe the people at work are trying to understand and connect with you. And maybe the mission of the corporation or the organization or the church you belong to, maybe it is a great and legitimate mission that you could support um, if maybe you could relax that sense of, of sometimes getting stuck in your own in your own way of seeing things. All right, well, I don't know. It's, in, it's interesting. Um, I would love to, to know more about this. And next time I have appointments with Fours, maybe I'll ask them about this. Like, do they feel like they get stuck in their own inner head and in their own inner feelings? Um, and how does that help them? Or how does that hinder them from being able to relate to others and get along with others in life? All right, well, thank you guys. I appreciate you. And I'll see you next time. And always be present to life. Not just the life in your head, but life as it actually is around you. I'll see you next time. Woof.